Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Toe Meets Leather podcast. I'm Logan, and I'm here to rock you like a hurricane. With me today is someone who will rock you more like a wagon wheel, Andrew. How's it going today, Andrew? Well, well, Logan, it's it's too soon for hurricane jokes, man. <laughs> True story. <laughs> yeah, I apologize to all our Florida listeners out there. Uh, and our listeners in the Caribbean. And our, le- and our listeners who own wagons. Because, in case you were offended by the wagon wheel joke, let's just cover all our bases while we're at it. All right. So this week we've got our we've got our week four predictions uh, coming up. There's some interesting games, I guess. Most of the competition is middling. We don't really have a big uh, ranked matchup that I can think of in a conference that matters. But uh, to start things off, let's talk about the game that uh, we hope actually kicks off this week, Pitt at Georgia Tech. Obviously, Georgia Tech missed out last week because of the hurricane. It was a very trying time for all the Georgia Tech fans here. Uh, Andrew was basically pulling his hair out, trying his best to stay stay sane. Uh, I think a lot of people are thinking Pitt is kind of uh, a weak team. I don't know that I agree with that. But right now, Georgia Tech's getting eight. I know Pitt has struggled against uh, Penn State and Oklahoma State, but at the same time, those are Penn State and Oklahoma State. So I don't know that I feel this is going to be an easy game, but it'll certainly be an interesting one against two stout, uh, two teams that are looking to make a big mark in the ACC. Andrew, I'll hand it over to you. What are your thoughts on this matchup? So, you know, I always get really scared when people think we're going to be really good. This is definitely one of those situations. You know, I think Pitt's played two top ten teams, which is obviously going to impact how a lot of your numbers and everything look. They're actually better defensively against the run than Georgia Tech is, which, as we know, is a big thing, because Georgia Tech seems to like to forget to play defense from time to time. (laughs) I was about to say, Georgia Tech has a defense? When did that happen? Every now and again, I think. Um, you know, and this game has gone down to last-second field goals two years in a row. Fortunately, Chris Blewett has graduated for Pitt, so we don't have to worry about him kicking a game-winner against us. Thank God, right? I think they actually lost a game earlier this year because they didn't have Chris Blewett kicking the field goals for them anymore. He's good. I mean, I think he was the all-time leading scorer in Pitt history, if I remember correctly. You know, it's, it's really going to be Georgia Tech coming off the layoff which they really needed. They had some tired legs after playing a Monday-Saturday short week. You know, Pitts got some quarterback questions. Narduzzi's really not coming out and saying which one it's going to be. Uh, rumors and signals and whatever are pointing to Danucci, who was the backup because Max Brown just hasn't really come in and solidified the job. You know, Pitt wants to run the ball. Or they want to get the, the quadres involved, Quadre Allison and Quadre Henderson. And I think that's really going to be the key is, is if the Georgia Tech defense can limit Pitt offensively and get some turnovers. I think on offense, Georgia Tech will be all right. You know, the, the Tech offense has really looked good, especially against Tennessee this year. You know, and Pitt's young on defense, which young guys and our offense is not normally a good mix. You know, because it's, you know, young guys aren't good with eye discipline. They aren't good with feet discipline. You know, and they're, they're guys you can kind of get in some bad situations. You know, it'll be interesting. Pitt's been really, really bad defending the pass. Uh, a lot of that, I think, is because, you know, Oklahoma State is legit. 
So it'll be interesting. You know, Georgia Tech's not a team that tailors their game plan to that very often. You know, they they do what they want to do and they come out and do it. But they did have some success throwing the ball against Jacksonville State. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe we do see it open up a little bit. Johnson's really big on taking advantage of what the other team gives him. And, and so that's going to kind of be what we look for is if, if Pitt tries to the box you may see georgia tech try to get the ball over him and you know taquan marshallstone he can throw a pretty good ball yeah he's shown us a lot of talent throwing the ball he can run he can throw he he attack and he defend so you know <laughs> he's got a little bit of everything i think he's good uh i tell you you're picking georgia tech though i am um i don't i don't think they'll cover the spread i think it's going to be a pretty close game It'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Like I said, I think these are two teams that are trying to prove themselves. I think it helps that Georgia Tech has the bye week in a sense. At the same time, that was kind of a week dealing with the hurricane, being inside. You're not really practicing at that point. Uh, but I'm hoping they made the most of that and were able to prepare for Pitt. Uh, honestly, I was going to pick Georgia Tech anyway since I'm a fan. So I'm just going to skip to what I would hope to see in this game, which is Georgia Tech develop on defense. We've started getting better pass rush with sending four, but I'd like to see a more diverse blitz package. I'd like to see us change up coverages every now and then. And we, we got to stop the run because uh, <laughs> the, the rushing yards we gave up against Jacksonville State, that, that was not fun to watch. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think Georgia Tech's going to win. Like you said, I think it'll be a close matchup. But if Marshall runs the offense like we've seen him do, and the defense only really needs to get one stop at the end of the day, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. And uh, Nigel's also picking Georgia Tech. I haven't gotten my picks from Tommy or Artem yet, so I'll, be, I'll just be writing down R3 from this point on. Next up, would have been Artem's matchup. I assume he's picking Texas A&M, but we've got Texas A&M going on the road to Arkansas. Obviously, uh, Texas A&M stumbled to start off the year against UCLA. They haven't, I think a lot of people would argue they haven't proven themselves yet uh, playing their uh, non-FCS opponents or non-FBS opponents. So you're kind of looking to see them come out and try something unique against Arkansas. Arkansas, on the other hand, just came off a loss against TCU. They're probably looking to kind of prove themselves, especially now that LSU has dropped uh, in the SEC. They, I would imagine the SEC West is looking a little more open. Granted, you still got the big elephant in, Al in uh, Tuscaloosa to get through, but Arkansas needs to do something here to kind of prove themselves to their fan base. Andrew, wh who, what are you thinking in this matchup? You know, this is such a weird game to me because it looks like Texas A&M can't defend the pass to save their lives. But if we've learned anything from Arkansas, they really just want to come and run the ball and hit you in the mouth. I think Mond, the freshman quarterback at A&M, has grown a little bit. I think being thrust into the spotlight early and unexpectedly played a role in them kind of coming out flat against Nickel State and then taking into the second half to really come out of their shell against Lafayette. You know, it's also, I think, going to be a bit of a rebound. You know, Austin Allen was the anointed, you know, top returning quarterback in the SEC. You know, the the guys in the NFL scouts were talking about, 
you know, a somewhat underrated player because he was at Arkansas, didn't throw the ball a lot. And I don't think he's thrown the ball really well in their two games. It's going to be interesting to see if, if Arkansas can get something going on offense because they don't really match up well against an A&M defense that's, that's played pretty stoutly against the run, you know, and, and Arkansas as well kind of got taken to the woodshed by by TCU. So, you know, I think A&M's going to win it, which would be an upset because Arkansas is two and a half. Um, but I, I almost think it's going to turn into some level of a shootout, and I don't think Arkansas is going to be able to keep up with the offensive weapons that A&M does, especially if A&M sticks to the ground game like they had a lot of success with success with against UCLA. Hmm. You know, I was actually thinking about picking Arkansas, but you make some very good points there. Um, I'm still going to pick Arkansas because I hate Artem, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I definitely think this will be a very close matchup. They've got it scored correctly at two and a half. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch one way or the other. Uh, I don't know that it'll turn into a shootout necessarily, at least in the first half. I think one half is going to be dominated by defense, and then another half is going to be nothing but offense once these teams figure each other out. But it should be a fun matchup to watch. Nigel is also picking Texas A&M. Didn't give a reason for it, so I'm just going to let him do his thing. All right, next up, Duke at UNC. So Duke just came off of uh, beating Baylor. I think a lot of people would say they – quote unquote struggled but at the end of the day they came away at the win UNC uh, I don't want to I don't want to make her feel bad so Andrew I'll just let you talk about UNC uh, tell us about UNC <laughs> and your thoughts on the matchup Andrew you know this this may be a game where the first team to 45 wins <laughs> I don't know you know I don't know Carolina's about really struggled on defense and Duke really hasn't played anyone with an offense that's as talented as this young offense at North Carolina. I don't necessarily agree with that because uh, I think UNC has had some has shown some things on defense that are impressive, and I think if they they're come, giving up thirty five points a game and almost five hundred yards. Considering who they've played, Lamar Jackson and uh, Cal, I mean, I'm not exactly shocked by that. I mean, they're giving up 173 yards on the ground. How many of those? Okay, yeah, but in the Lamar Jackson. How much is that? Jackson? Exactly. <laughs> that was what I was about to ask. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, finish your thought. I'm Okay, finish your thought. You know, and I just – I don't trust Duke defensively. They're, they're better than they have been, but like I said, I don't think they really play anybody on offense who's any good. And I, I really like – the, the young quarterback in North Carolina, Chaz Surratt, who, and I'm going to jinx him by saying this, hasn't thrown an interception yet. You know, and that's the thing about North Carolina is they're really in a rebuilding mode on offense, but they've shown a lot of things to me that that, they're, that offense is going to turn the corner a lot more quickly than the defense is. I mean, the defense they've got has just got to get itself sorted out. I think they're struggling with some injuries too, in a couple of places, which is always going to hurt you. You know, the thing about it is Duke's, Duke's offense is good. They're not explosive. You know, they want to run the ball. I think Daniel Jones is a very good quarterback and somewhat underrated in the ACC. So, again, I, I really think that it's going to be 
someone's going to have to outscore the other team because I'm not sure how many stops you're going to get defensively. So I take it you're taking UNC. I am. It's funny. So they're they're a two and a half point underdog, but ESPN's FPI has them as a fifty two point fifty two percent favorite. You know, Tommy was pointing that out two weeks ago. How the FPI totally contradicts uh, the Vegas spread. It's kind of yeah. weird. Um, I'm gonna pick Duke uh, in this matchup just because I'm in a habit of pissing people off today. Uh, but. <laughs> I think something you touched on is what I was kind of thinking about. Duke's really more of a grinded out offense. And while I've seen some pretty impressive things from UNC, they tend to be much more, they tend to be a little flashier. They've scored a lot of their big, they drive down the field, but they drive down in big chunks. I, I don't know. Something about Duke this year seems more solid. Obviously you've been watching those games a lot closer than I have. So I think you've got a better grasp on it all. But uh, something about Duke makes me think that they can pull this out if they stick to their grinded-out kind of game style. Um, I don't know that it'll be 45 points. They'll probably see <laughs> low 30s. No, don't don't let her in the room right now, okay? Anyway. Uh, I Okay, so I'm picking Duke. Nigel's picking UNC. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Texas Tech at Houston. So Houston's getting favored by six points. Honestly, I, uh, I don't think anybody's really seen anything out of Houston, not because they're not good, more because they're not getting covered probably the way they should be by ESPN or Fox or whoever it is. We have seen Texas Tech in a few big matchups where they're just getting in shootouts and doing Texas Tech things. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this matchup regardless. Uh Andrew, have you been keeping closer tabs on Houston? Do you think uh, the do you think the Vegas spread is accurate? So you remember how I said the Duke UNC game is first to forty. <laughs> first, to I think s- this game is the first to sixty. I was gonna I was gonna say seventy, but okay, yeah, that works. <laughs> you know, the the big thing to me is this is going to be an insanely emotional game for Houston. It's going to be their first game in Houston since the hurricanes, since all of the flooding and all of that. And that's really going to be something that they're going to have to manage is the emotion that's going to be involved in this game. You know, and like you said, we haven't seen a lot from Houston. The close win over Arizona has kind of got me spooked a little bit because I don't think Arizona is a very good team, you know, but, you know, never going to be a defensive great has statistically looked a little bit better. You know, we had a shootout with Arizona State, which is bound to happen because that's, you know, that's what Texas Tech wants to do. You know, the quarterback at Texas Tech is completing 78% of his passes, which again is a common high number with what Texas Tech wants to do on offense. You know, they aren't running the ball a lot, but again, that's not what they want to do. And so again, I think we've got another game that's going to be a shootout and another quarterback that I'm going to curse because the Texas tech quarterback has also yet to throw an interception. So, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, my heart wants to pick Houston because it'd be a fantastic story and a buddy of mine's at Houston, but you're, picking- but I just think Texas, Texas tech <laughs> is too talented on offense 
for, for it to really matter. I think it will be somewhat close because I think Houston probably does have the weapons to keep up with Texas Tech. I just don't think they have the weapons to win it. Nigel is also picking Texas Tech, and I probably should pick Texas Tech because uh, I got to keep up with Nigel. He's leading us in picks right now pretty significantly, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to veer away. I'm going to pick Houston. I think both of these teams are very similar. At the end of the day, it's going to come into who wants it more. Houston coming back home after the hurricane, after everything they've been through. I know they didn't look great in the Arizona game, but they're going to be really desperate to win this game. They are going to be digging, clawing and digging for every yard they can get. I think, I think that emotion will carry through as it sometimes does. So I'm taking Houston. Next up. Uh, this one should be pretty straightforward, Andrew. Uh, Utah at Arizona. Utah's getting three and a half. Honestly, that seems a little low to me. But again, like they're getting three and a half, but the FPI has 69.3% that Arizona wins this game. I'm kind of surprised. People are really low on Utah. I mean, maybe I miss... I, think, I mean, this is, you know, again, we've had shootouts. I think this is going to be a how many points does Utah want to score because I don't think Arizona can stop anybody. I mean, they will get one turnover because Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is on defense. Yeah, he will have his turnover. But but <laughs> aside from that, yeah, I don't really see a lot happening. I mean, Arizona... No, I, I think Utah wins this game fairly comfortably. I mean, I think Utah's a really good team, and I think they're really good defensively and very underrated defensively. You know, that's something that Whittingham has really hung his hat on the years that he's been at Utah is having a talented defense, you know. I guarantee you there's another Latulale... <laughs> on that team. I mean, there's like 35 of them. They're they're out there somewhere. <laughs> hiding yeah, in the like, grass. I'm pretty sure like he has a GA whose only job is to find every single Division One level Latulale out there and recruit them all to Utah. Well, the deal is they secretly have a cloning facility under the football <laughs> field. That's what's going on. But uh, yeah, I'm also picking Utah. I'm honestly surprised. I can't see any reason why people are hating on Utah so much, but I, I feel like Utah is going to win in, win this game pretty handily. Uh, we'll see what actually happens out there. Nigel is also picking Utah, uh, so I can't go against him. All right, so this one is interesting to me. I think I know who you're going to pick, though. Mississippi State at UGA. UGA is getting five points at home. Obviously, Mississippi State's just coming off that big upset against uh, LSU where they just kind of ran away with the game. Both teams have kind of got a fledgling offense and are very good defense. We talked about that in our recap of last week. Who do you got in this matchup, Andrew? You know, and, and I hate to say this because I don't like to say nice things about Georgia, but I'm really excited about this game. These two teams, if you were to take teams that were mirror images of each other, it would be these two teams. They really they play good defense. They want to run the ball. You know, they'll throw when they have to, but their their MO is really grounded out, play good defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Again, speaking of our weirdness, Georgia's a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but FPI says Mississippi State 53.4%. This doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> the you know, Nick Fitzgerald has obviously got more experience than Jake Fromm at Georgia. Uh, I think Fromm's probably got some better running backs around him. So, again, I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game because I think both defenses are really going to come to play. I think it's probably going to be a fast game because, again, both teams I think are going to want to run the ball. So you're picking Mississippi State is what it sounds like. I am. 
Uh, I think Mississippi State wins, but again, I think it's a really close, hard-fought game. It'll probably be the most fun game this week, honestly. Uh, the next one on our list is also interesting for the exact opposite reason, but I think these are two good teams looking to make a statement, uh, and these are two teams that are kind of dark horses in their conference, uh, not really because they're bad or they're like underrated, more because they're in the same conference with Alabama, and you kind of gotta you get are the dark horse whenever that's uh, the scenario. Um, I am also picking Mississippi State, really, just because I hate Georgia. But yeah, this is gonna be a great matchup. As weird as it is to say, I do want to talk. I do want to say, since we keep bringing up the FPI discrepancy. You realize that Vegas needs to make sure people actually bet on these games. So maybe it's not necessarily just because they think Georgia's going to win. We'll see. What yeah, happens. I can see it. Anyway, next. Oh, Nigel's also picking Mississippi State. I assume just because he hates Georgia. So there's a lot of that going around. Next up, uh, the Crapsack Bowl. Uh, UCLA at Stanford. Stanford's getting seven and a half. Um Honestly, we both kind of hate Josh Rosen. I know Tommy and Artem also hate Josh Rosen's. I don't know Nigel's thoughts on the matter. But uh, Stanford's got a pretty good defense. Uh, we're, not, we're not really sure about their offense other than their run game. So, Andrew, do you think Stanford can run away with this one if they just don't throw the ball? I think they can because UCLA can't stop anybody. UCLA's given up 515 yards a game, 38 points, 275 yards of that on the ground. I think if I'm Bryce Love at Stanford, I've got to be licking my chops looking into this game. Because I think that's really what they should do, is they should just come out, pound, run the ball, dare UCLA to stop them. And that, the other thing about that is it'll keep the ball out of Josh Rosen's hands. And, and I mean, that's, I think if they do that and they can establish and get that run going, I think Stanford wins pretty pretty easily, you know. But again, it's going to be whether or not they can get the ground game going and stick with it, which they kind of got away from against San Diego State. Yeah, I mean, really, it just comes down to using your brain. If you do what you're good at, you'll win the game. Run the ball, Stanford. You don't even need to throw. I mean, it sounds weird. It's Georgia Tech's strategy. And it's worked pretty well for us. I know you can make it work for you guys. Just keep running the ball. Nigel also has Stanford. I'm taking Stanford. They're at home. Uh, they're coming off of a loss that they're probably really upset about, and they're going to look out coming to this one looking to reverse the trend and kick some tail against a UCLA team that is just not really as good as people may think they are. All right, next up, another Pac-12 matchup. This one I think is going to be a little more straightforward. Washington at Colorado. So this is the first quote-unquote big game for Washington. Obviously, they won the Pac-12 last year. Uh, did okay in the playoff. Uh, Colorado, we don't know as much about. They kind of surprised everybody last year, but they're down. They've lost a lot of talent, and they're just not as impressive. Andrew... Why are you picking Washington? I mean, Washington wins, and it's not even close. Washington's got too much talent uh, across the board, offensively, defensively. Uh, I mean, I think this is a game where you may start seeing backups at the end of the third quarter. 
Yeah, I'm tempted to just call this game. I mean, Colorado's at home, so you kind of give them a little bit of favor, but Washington's just got too much talent. Uh, this might be a hard one for Colorado to watch. Uh, but, you know, anything could happen. I, I do think if Washington's up to the form they were last year, this will be a walk-away kind of situation. All right, next up. So this one's actually interesting because it involves our dark horse in the SEC East. Uh, these two teams, uh, UF going on the road to Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky hasn't beaten UF in what? What is it now? Like 37 years? 30-something years. I mean, it's been a long time. <laughs> that said, there's a lot riding on this. I mean, both these teams are undefeated in the SEC East right now. Uh I mean, I think we talked about this earlier and it kind of come down to the Georgia game at the end of the year, but I think both teams are kind of going to look to take the lead and try to hold on to it in this game. If uh, So I'm going to hand it over to you, Andrew. I know you weren't impressed with Kentucky until they beat South Carolina last week. Do you think they can turn the corner, finally get past this big uh, wall that is the Florida Gators? You know, I don't even know. Like... Honest to goodness, I mean, I still don't think – I mean, I still – they beat South Carolina was better than we thought, but it didn't look good doing it. <laughs> you know, I don't really know how to feel about this Kentucky team. Lord, I don't really know how to feel about this Florida team. They really didn't look very good against a Tennessee team that I don't think's great. You know, Florida's a team that's usually pretty stout defensively, but the numbers they're giving up, they've actually given up more points than they've scored, which is great. Yes, you know that's always going to help you win games you know i i want to say this is the year that i think kentucky finally gets the monkey off their back wow Wow. bold call Uh, Uh, nigel's also uh, got kentucky i'm gonna take i'm gonna take kentucky just because i want to see them finally get over the hump in the sec east i think this could be their year obviously they still got tennessee which i think they can beat and they've still got georgia vandy looks pretty tough uh all things considered missouri looks like a dumpster fire inside of a dumpster fire missouri will be the walk away game anytime you lose to purdue you're like what the hell went wrong they didn't they didn't lose to purdue they got (laughs) cock slapped by purdue Like, geez, Missouri, what what happened? Well, look, Purdue Where is Dave Odom or Barry Odom or whatever Odom's first name is, bro. What is going on? Well, and I don't want to make it sound like Purdue is not a good team this year because they've shown a lot, but still, you can't lose like that at home to Purdue. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, back to the game at hand. I'm picking Kentucky. Uh, I think I want to believe this is their year. I'm going to get proven wrong again, but I want to believe. So Nigel is also picking Kentucky. So at least I won't fall behind in picks when I pick Kentucky. All right. Next up, personal picks. So, Andrew, I think you've got a few. Why don't you go ahead? So I've added one to my personal picks. If I steal yours, I'm sorry. And it's a personal pick because it's a game that I'm actually really interested in. That's NC State at Florida State. Because, you know, Florida State has played one game. <laughs> I was about to say, so you're basically just – well, no, you're not – I don't know that you're picking NC State. 
you haven't told me what your pick is yet. But you're... no, well, and it's going to be interesting because you know Florida State they're, they're twelve and a half point favorites at home, which I I think I think Florida State wins the game, but I think NC State covers the spread because I think a young quarterback at Florida State against what's a pretty good defense is is a recipe for disaster. You know, now the problem is NC State's greatest enemy will always be themselves. You know, there's a great podcast series up here in the Triangle called NC State Shit. It's really funny where it just talks about all of the ways that NC State has found to ruin their own seasons and lose their own games and just be their own worst enemy. <laughs> you know, and so that's that's why I can't pick NC State to actually win this game. Because I feel like if they're close to winning it, Armageddon's going to happen. I don't know. We've seen FSU give up some weird, weird games over the past few years. Are they are they getting this game at home, FSU? Yeah, it's, it's in Tallahassee. Okay. I do think, they, I think they're going to win this game. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, if they... I think it'll, I think it'll be significantly closer than a lot of people think. We'll see. Coming off the bye week. All right. Next. Next up. Um. You know, we're the other one is we're looking at an undefeated Wake Forest traveling to Boone, North Carolina, to play Appalachian State. You know, App obviously got kind of waxed by Georgia early in the year, but I mean they played pretty decently against the Dogs. And I think this will be our first chance to really see if if Wake Forest is good. You know, they they beat Presbyterian, they beat Utah State, who are not good teams. You know, they they handled Boston College pretty well, which which is good. But you know, as we know, Boston College isn't a very good team. So to me, this is going to you know kind of be the question: is does Wake come out and show that they're a somewhat competitive team, or does App State pull the huge in-state upset? And and I think App's got a chance to win this game. You know, Wake's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than that. Wow. Well, I mean, four-and-a-half points doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so are you actually taking App State in this matchup? No, I think Wake's going to win it. Okay. I mean, I would imagine Wake has done great strides with their program the past few years. I mean, they're they're coming into form. Yeah, you know, Dave Clawson's really done a good job of kind of rebuilding that program out of the giant ditch that he found it in. True enough. Do you have any more personal picks? Um, I mean, are we gonna do? Are we gonna talk Texas Christian Oklahoma State? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but before that, I got uh, Nigel's personal pick. Nigel's picking Maryland over UCF. Didn't he? Doesn't really have a reasoning for that. But I mean, Maryland's better than people thought they were going into the year. I'm is, pick- is, that, is that an upset? <laughs> I mean, does it have to be? I mean, you picked F- FSU over NC State. Yeah, but I picked them to cover. <laughs> or not to cover. And the spread on this one is Maryland by three and a half. It doesn't have to be an upset, but he's picking Maryland. So there it is. I mean, I mean a couple of weeks UCF ago. is averaging 61 points a game, and Maryland is averaging 57 points a game. So not sure if anyone's really going to play defense in this game. I, I Personally, I want to see the team that we had a chance to beat in UCF come out and make an interesting matchup. 
I'm taking Army over two lane. Honestly, two lanes getting two and a half. I think Army's getting cheated out of some points here. Uh, honestly, this is a gut pick. I want to see Army do well. They've made great strides with their program. I think they can come out and win this game. So, you ruined the surprise, Andrew. Gosh. Now I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to make this whole thing about how we forgot about TCU and Oklahoma State and there wasn't any big matchup. All right. But anyway, Texas Christian and Oklahoma State, those are the only uh, top 25 matchup this week. Uh, Will's... I think uh, Texas Christian coming off of a quote-unquote big win against Arkansas. Obviously, as Andrew has put multiple times, Oklahoma State is legit and is putting up ridiculous numbers against every opponent they play. This theoretically could have a big impact on the Big 12 results, but no guarantees on that one. So, Andrew, who do you have in this matchup, and why is it Oklahoma State? <laughs> I mean, I was going to say the scariest thing so far this season we've learned is that Oklahoma State's learned how to run the ball. You know, they don't have a lot of balance on offense, but they really come out with, with Justice Hill and J.D. King and, and really establish the run in their games, which, which has been, looked really, really great. You know, it takes some of the pressure away from Mason Rudolph and, and allows them to do some different things. They're also decent defensively you know i'm not sure if if they'll ever be again like texas tech like a lot of big 12 schools if they'll ever be great defensively but they're doing a good job you know they're giving up 17.3 points a game you know they've they've only given up double figures twice and both of those games are pretty well in hand you know i i think they're going to win this game um it's a 13 point spread i think they've got a good chance to cover it i, I think tcu's pretty decent this year but i just again i, I think Oklahoma State has gotten to be just so much better than they have been in the past. I think than pretty much any other team in the Big 12 that they don't share a state with. Yeah, I mean, you can't really complain too much. Oklahoma State is going to run away with this game. They're just too good. I mean, the only team that's going to challenge them in the Big 12 is Oklahoma. I mean, I don't feel I need to elaborate on that. If you've watched their games the past three weeks, yeah, you know, I mean, you can, you can look at the numbers and the numbers kind of point to this. This has got a chance to be a, a bit of a blowout. Yeah. I'm tempted to just go ahead and mark Oklahoma state as winning this, but uh, you know, what, well, what, we got to wait till they play the game. You know, a lot of games are played on paper and that's not how it turns out. Uh, Nigel didn't actually pick this game, uh, but we'll see how it turns out. Uh, and that's going to be it for the week. Nigel, Nigel picked whichever team loses. <laughs> more, more that I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to go with. Anyway, thank you as always to our listeners for listening. If you got any questions or comments for us, send us an email at toemeatleather at gmail.com and check us out on Twitter at toemeatsleather. That's leather spelled L-E-A-T-H-R. All right. Andrew, do we, we just forget the E, or does the E cost extra? Somebody else grabbed the E before we did. Ah, uh, don't you hate that? Not. Don't you hate that feeling? Anyway, Andrew, you got anything to say to our fans out there? GRE is the devil. Let's see. Uh, always, <laughs> always remember to wear pants. All right. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Very important advice. <laughs>